We are in a series called Future Forward, and uh, today's going to be a different day. In fact, I, have, I don't think I've ever preached what we're going to talk about today. It's something that I feel like the church probably could address a little bit more, but I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous today. So, so you can be nervous with me. You're welcome. Um, I have had a love-hate relationship in my life with exercise. Anybody with me on that one? No? A few of us? Okay. I think part of it was when I, when I grew up, even from an early age, number one, I wore glasses from like age three, okay? And that's not cool to run around and you get glasses hanging and it sweats and they move and that's not cool. But I, I had asthma and I've had asthma, I still do. It's been a long time since I've had an asthma attack. But if you've ever dealt with, with something like that, well, that can kind of inhibit your ability to do some sports. Now, my mom got me an inhaler, so that helped me. In, in high school, I played some basketball and that sort of thing. I was like the third point guard, which if you know basketball, that means you're never put in the game except for to foul somebody. That's a basketball thing. <clears throat> that was me. I was the guy they put in the game to foul somebody. Okay, that was, that was me. But, yeah, I've kind of had this love-hate relationship. When I got into college, I joined my first gym. I won't say which gym it is, but there's a similar one in town. And uh, I joined that gym, and I, I liked it because it was within walking distance of the college that I went to. And uh, I enjoyed that. But even still, I never really enjoyed it, okay? And I, in fact, I, for a while there, I had a personal trainer, and uh, I was kind of bulking up. And I was taking all these little supplements and that sort of thing, and the guy that was training me looked like he was a balloon. He was like, you know what I'm saying? You see those guys that like their skinny legs? You ever seen those guys, bodybuilders? And they got this just huge appearance. So this guy was training me. He's like, Ben, you got it. You're going to be able to do a bodybuilding thing. And I just kind of lost interest after a while. And, uh, but I know it's, it's important. Exercise is important. I don't like to run. I'll do a 5K if you make me. You know, that's, that's important. I know those 5Ks are good. They're fundraisers. And I'll do the glow run. That's cool. I'll do those things. But I really, the only time I really enjoy running is when I'm running away from somebody or a danger. Then I can run. I don't have any problem with that. But I don't know if you feel the same way about that because I know, look, exercise is important for my health. And again, you know, you think about that. We don't, we don't talk about that often in the church world. You know, like health and, and, and taking care of yourself, all those things. But here's, here's the point I'm going to make today. I'm going to, here's the spoiler alert, the whole message. What I'm trying to aim at today is I really believe that our physical health is connected to our spiritual life. I'm going to make that case today, and I'm really going to drive home that the fact that we have a physical body and we are holistic people. God created us in his image with flesh and bone. If you don't believe me, poke your neighbor. We are flesh and blood. We're not some kind of a mist hanging up above the world. We are real people. The scripture right from the beginning, if you have a Bible, you can you check me on this. Right from the beginning of the Bible, God made man in his image, and that included flesh and blood. Real people, real bones, real flesh. And I'm going to make the case today that our physical life is connected to our spiritual life. We are a holistic person, and it's important. In fact, I'm going to make that case from scripture, so hang on to your hats. Uh, in preparation for this message, I reached out to some people some folks that are in the health industry. And, uh, and, and one guy I reached out to, David, he was playing guitar up here, and uh, he and his wife, they, do, they have a lot of businesses. They're, they're business people. But one of their businesses is a gym. And, uh, and so I asked him a little bit about the connection of your physical health and, you know, your spiritual life. And, and you know, David just, he, he answered it greatly, but he was talking about the idea of, of, you know, when you're working out and exercising, that takes some self-discipline. That takes, some, in some cases, some self-control. 
do you know that that's one of the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians? Now, the fruit of the Spirit, there's a lot of great ones in there. Love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. And then Paul, the writer there, has the audacity to drop the self-control bomb right at the end of that list. Just in case you thought these were all just kind of pie-in-the-sky ideas, he drops in there and self-control. So there's a sense of our spiritual life connected to our physical life because there's some self-control. There's some discipline involved. Getting up early to get to, to the gym is, is hard before you got to go to work. So there's some, there's some self-discipline in that. But I, I love what I asked, I asked David, what's one thing that all of us could do this year that, that might help our physical health? And I love his answer. You know what it was? One word. Move. 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 I heard the other day that in our culture and the way that we do work now, sitting is the new smoking. Think of how often you sit for jobs now. In front of a computer or whatever. A lot of sitting. It's a lot of compression there. And I love David's answer. We just, we just got to move. Now, in religious circles, I realize that we talk a lot about the big sins. And you can start listing them in your head. What are those big sins that in religious circles and church life, we, we, they get a lot of... Uh, a lot of spotlight on it. You know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, we rally against those things, right? And, and, and we rally against, you know, and, and, and for good reason, okay, for good reason. I'm not saying those are things that we want to pursue. Those are things that can hurt us, right? They can, they can really jam us up. So it's not like those aren't important to talk about, but, but we, we rail against, you know, bad language, risque media. We go against R-rated movies. Some, some folks like to protest different things. We, we, we rally and we throw all this light on some specific sins, right? And some rally against, you know, smoking, vaping, recreational marijuana. Again, these are things that I think the church has, has a voice to. There's some things there that can hurt us. Yeah, those are important to talk about. But why is it? that we don't tend to talk about the accepted sins. Let me. Greed. <laughs> uh, overeating. Obesity. You know, these are some things that are affecting our culture in many ways. But it seems like we just have been afraid or unable to somehow address some of that even from a, bib a biblical viewpoint. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to spend a little time talking about the connection of our physical health and the spiritual health, not just for ourselves, but also for the sake of the church family. Like, what would it look like for us to be healthy people all the way around? And that's what I'm going to really talk about today because I want to show you that our physical and our spiritual lives are connected and we're going to look at that through the lens of faith. Like we've been doing every Sunday, those last three Sundays, we've been in this series, Future Forward, we're going to look at our physical health through the lens of faith. So let's pray and, and get to the scriptures this morning. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love and faithfulness to us. And Lord, we're thankful that you made us uh, wonderfully in your image. And so Lord, we want to reflect your beauty even in our physical health and in the health of this church family, Lord. Help us to pursue a healthy, a healthy uh, environment, a healthy body, and a healthy church. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So in Genesis 1, we find out if you've got your Bible, you can grab that. Genesis 1, we find out from the early pages of Scripture that God makes man in his image. The Lord makes man in his image. Right there in verse 26 of chapter 1. Or chapter, yeah, chapter 1. 
we're made in his image with flesh, blood, we breathe. And then what we, have, what we see in Scripture is that we're created differently than every other thing that's been created. We're created in his image, and then we have this sense of taking care of creation, managing creation. We have a sense of conscience. We have a sense of this special relationship between God and humanity. These are special things that are created just for humanity, and we're created as an integrated being. That right from, right with, it's like four chapters in, we find man calling out to God. There's a spiritual dynamic of actually talking to God. There's this dynamic of interacting with him. And there's a sense of our mental and physical working all together. In fact, as we get into the New Testament, we find out that if we're going to worship God, we do it in spirit and in truth. There's a sense of an integrated being. We're not just this physical person, and then we have this detached spiritual person. We're integrated into one. And it brings me back to what we celebrate at Christmas. Think about it. What do we celebrate at Christmas? We call it the Advent. Why do we call it that? Who came to visit us? God of the universe was born, put on flesh and blood, and walked among us. If we didn't, I mean, that's like, that should have sealed the deal for us to realize that our spiritual, we are a holistic being. The God of the universe put on flesh and blood and walked among us. You can't get more incarnational than that. That is it. God's saying, look, this matters, and I'm going to put on flesh and blood and live as a human, die on that cross, save us all from our sins, live perfectly as a human. Flesh and blood a pulse. God with us, Emmanuel. I don't think he could have been clearer that we are a holistic being, our, our physical health and our spiritual health. Those are all integrated. John 4, 23, we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And we're told in one particular letter, and I want to point this out again, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find 1 Corinthians. And this may be some homework for you too. Sometimes people ask me, well, on Sunday morning, the things that we do, we, we sing and we have, you know, this time of communion, we have giving, where does all this come from? And yes, there's a lot of church history involved, I get that, but there are some letters in the New Testament that kind of help us figure out what it means when we gather together. And in the letter of 1 Corinthians, in the New Testament part of the Bible, the writer Paul gives us some ideas of what it means to work together as a church. And in 1 Corinthians, I think starting with the, even chapter 11, uh, Paul talks about what happens when we gather, what's, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. He talks about communion even. Like when we have the Lord's Supper, when we have bread and juice and what all that means, how do we do that in a way that works as the corporate body? So this part of the letter, starting with really chapter 11, Paul begins to, uh, to unpack what it means for us to work together as a church and to be a holistic church. And do you know what metaphor Paul uses to describe the spiritual component of a church? What is the metaphor that he uses? A body. So there's a body life component to the church. And Paul will begin to talk about how we have different giftings, different things that God has given us, spiritual gifts. Some of you are good at some things. Some of us are not good at other things. But when we work together, 
it's a beautiful thing because church is this body life situation that we get to work together and each of us doing our part to make it a healthy, a healthy community of faith. But he uses the metaphor of a body. He'll talk about spiritual gifts there in, in chapter 12 at the beginning. And then he, he launches right into this idea that we're one body with many members and, and many uh, components working together. So let me just point out a, a, few, a few of these passages here, starting with verse 12. And here in verse 12 it says, For just as the body has, has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. For the, for the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, well, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So even here, where Paul is describing how the church is supposed to work together, working with all of our parts there together so that the church is healthy, we're using the metaphor of a body. And I know that this may be difficult to talk about, but I feel like as a church family, it's okay to start talking about our physical health and how we're working together as a church. There's a sense of ownership that I, I want us to, to lean into. What we do with our body matters. In the first century, the early church had to struggle against some of the cultural forces that were in ancient Rome. And one of those forces was a philosophy that basically said that your body is this thing here and your spirit is this thing floating here and there the two shall meet. So whatever happens in the body, it's all good. Do whatever you want. It's not going to affect your spirit up here. And so the early church fought against that tooth and nail. Because they knew that we were together. We were an integrated person. The body, what we do in the body matters to God. 1 Corinthians 6 says that we glorify God with our body. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19. We glorify God with our body. 6, 9, sorry about that. We glorify him with what happens here. And so the early church and even for us today, what happens here does matter to God. Now some of us struggle with our health. Some of us have things that we were born with that we, we had no control over. Some of us have, you know, some, some DNA in us that maybe makes some health challenges even worse for us. But just realize that our body matters to God. What we do in our body, we can glorify God, we can bring him praise, and, and we can also sin with our bodies. So our, our health and our body does matter. In Christ... The physical is connected to the spiritual. In the last couple of weeks, we've tried to look at a few things through the lens of faith. In week one of this series, we talked about how we can trust God even when we don't have everything laid out in front of us, that we trust him, that he's good, and even, even if, if God calls us to something impossible, we can trust him. 
and that there are times in life where God may call us to do something that is so big and radical that if he doesn't show up, we're sunk. And that's a radical moment. So we talked about that in week one. In week two, we tried to look at the idea of, 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 of resources and our money in a different light. We were trying to look at money as a way of ministry and our resources as a way to build relationships. So we looked at that at week two, and today we're trying to look at the idea of of our healthy body and our healthy church through the lens of faith. How would Jesus address this? You see, I think in many ways you look at the life of Jesus, and we see him taking intentional times of rest. We see him working pretty hard. We see him walking everywhere. Um, We we see Jesus at, at some points... Uh, eating food and creating food for people. We see him doing radical things. But here's something I think we forget about Jesus. He was a physical human being. There were times where he touched people. In fact, people want to get, they wanted to be close to him. They wanted to be in proximity to him. Children wanted to be close to him. They wanted his touch on their life. There There was a time where Jesus was confronted with a, with a guy that had leprosy and Jesus took the radical step of actually putting his hands on this guy who may not have ever had anybody touch him for years. And he touched him, touched his disease. All that to say that our physical and our spiritual are connected. Jesus modeled that. What we do in our body matters spiritually. Maybe you've never thought about it that way. But I really believe what we see in Scripture and what we see modeled in Christ is exactly that, that our physical is connected to our spiritual. What would Jesus say to you about your physical health? What would he say about your your participation in the church family? Are you helping the church body be a healthy body? We can look at both of those things together. Here's the only point I want to make today. All of us in this room can take a step and own healthy own healthy. That may be a small thing for some of you. For me, for you, we own healthy. It's not someone else's, it's not someone else's fault. It's not someone else's job. We own healthy. And that, I don't know what that is for you. You know, maybe it's like David said, maybe you just need to move a little bit more. Maybe it's time to get up, walk outside. Some of you, maybe it's time to rediscover hiking. We live in a ridiculously beautiful place. I realize that it's raining right now, but put a ball cap on and just walk around. We have like trees that have been around for like hundreds of years. That is amazing to me. We live in a beautiful place. I don't know what it is for you, but own healthy. What's one thing you could do this year that five years from now would make a radical difference? One thing, a habit to start, maybe a habit to stop. What is one thing? Maybe it's you're going to, you know, make one different choice on what you eat, how you eat. Maybe it's one different choice on how you move. Maybe it's one thing. Maybe, maybe you've never actually joined a gym. There are a few in town. I highly recommend it. It's a good thing. David is still my friend, even though I'm not part of his gym. He has forgiven me, but it's a hard thing for him. Uh, but what's one thing, just one thing that you could do to own healthy that, that you could start doing today, that in five years, maybe it's for you, it's, it's limiting sugar. Some of you know that every year, my wife and I do this crazy thing called the Daniel Fast. And today marks the two-week point. 
And what that means is no sugar, no, it's just vegetables, fruit, water. I have allowed myself coffee, okay? Technically, that's kind of a berry, right, Byron? So I've kind of allowed, yeah, it's a little berry. <clears throat> one thing, one exception. But what is it for you? What's one thing you could do to kind of shake things up? What's one choice you could make that could radically change your health this year in five years? What, what could that be for you? One small step that can make a huge impact. Write it down. Put something down there. I've, I've read about goals. And oftentimes we have a goal up here. Oh, that's a good idea. But if we write it down, sometimes we actually will follow through a little bit. I'm not asking you to write 10 things. Don't even call it a resolution. Resolution, that's a bad word. Call it one thing. One, one thing that you could do. One thing. I think, I think we can do that. And, and let's change directions here for a second. I've talked about the personal life. But let's talk about our church family. What makes a church family healthy? Part of that's leadership. Part of that's, you know, on my plate in the leadership of our church. We want to be a healthy church, and that starts with leadership. That means the things that we pursue, we protect the mission, that we're trying to help people meet, meet Jesus, get to know him. We want people to tell other people about Jesus. That's an important thing. We, we have things that we do to own the mission, and we protect that. There's a leadership component, vision, in fact, in a few weeks, I'm, I'm pretty excited. On February 3rd, we're going to do a special Sunday where I'm going to talk all about vision, of where I believe God is taking us. And God has got some big things he wants to do in our church family, and he's already starting to stir some great things. So that, there's a leadership component to that. But then what does that work for you? You know, many of you have gifts and abilities that maybe you haven't really used yet. And, and we're keen as leadership to try to get you to use those. You know, get, get you a chance to play, suit up and get in the game. There's a lot of times where people think, well, I, I don't have anything to offer because I can't play guitar and I, can't, I don't really want to preach. I'm not a good you know, public speaker. There's so much more. This is just the icing on the cake here. There's so much more amazing ministry that can happen if you just use your gifts. What does it mean for us to be a healthy church? And here's a couple things. I, I think this, this makes a, a healthy church. We speak encouragement to each other, not gossip. We speak encouragement to each other. When we're here, the scriptures say, let's spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It says that in Hebrews. Let's spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That, that can help make a, a healthy church. Generosity. Maybe you've never had that as a practice in your family or in your life individually, but giving is a good thing. Giving to our church family, we need the help. Giving to great, great ministries, that's, a, that's a, a practice and a discipline that's wonderful. Because what that does is it says, someone else is in charge of my money, not me. And sometimes just those little steps are huge. Generosity makes a church family healthy. Sharing our resources. How about this? Serving one another. There's all kinds of one another's in scripture. That's a way for us to build a healthy church. Do you realize how much of all I've just said requires hands and feet, flesh and blood? That makes a healthy church. Investing and inviting others. That's one too. Jesus wants this church to grow because there's a lot of lost people that would be really, really keen to get to know his love and hope. And he wants this church to grow. So that means we invest and invite. Let's take this one step further. Imagine as a church, as a community of Christ followers here, what could happen in the next five years if we took our health of our church family and even individually our health, seriously. What would it look like in five years? What if the church, now check this out, what if the church led the way 
in healthy, sustainable eating. That's, that's radical. But what if, what if we could take uh, the lead on some of that? Uh, of healthy living, sustainability. What if the church could address mental health issues? Maybe more than ever. What if the church could lead on radical treatments for people suffering from PTSD? What if the church could take a lead role in some of those things? Now, I, I realize I don't know all the details. Uh, I'm more of a 30,000-foot view guy. But I, what, if, what, would, what would it be like if the church was on the forefront of some of these things for our mental and physical spiritual health? What could that look like? What, what if the church could address key issues hurting people in our community? Suffering, people suffering from abuse, addiction. What if the church could be on the forefront of some of these things? What, what, what could that look like? That seems big and radical, but what if, what if we could, in five years, look back and say, this is the time we started really thinking, what if we could be the front runners on some of this? Veteran care, helping first responders be able to talk through difficult moments that they've seen. You know, Jesus healed mentally ill folks. Jesus cared about people's mental health. Literally touched people with mental illness and helped them get through some of that. What if we could help children and families eat healthier? Maybe hit the fast food lines a little less. I mean, I know this seems kind of like very, I guess, physical sorts of things, but we are physical and spiritual both. What if we could help children and families eat healthier? Jesus literally fed people. What about this? What about physical fitness, exercise, rest? I read somewhere that 70% of discipleship is having a good night's rest. Some of us who have been following Jesus for a while could probably relate to that. If we had a good night's rest, Jesus modeled rest. He modeled retreat. What if we could be on the forefront of physical fitness that way and health? My point today, write it down if you need to, own healthy. Not only for you, but for our church family. Own healthy. Two or three whole chapters in that letter that we just touched on are about this very thing. Glorify God with your body. Own healthy. And this morning, if, if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you've never taken that huge next step, you want to be part of a healthy church body. If you've never done that, you can do that today. It's a, it's a very simple process. You, you recognize that Jesus is Lord. You put your faith in him as the Savior. You repent of your sin. You confess that he is king and Lord, you need his help. You need deliverance from, from sin. And you can be baptized into Christ to begin walking a new life in the healthy body that we call the church. You could, you could do that today if you've never done that. And if you're already a follower of Christ, I want to encourage you to do this very thing, own healthy. It's not someone else's role, it's yours. Own healthy for your own life and for the health of our church family. Own healthy. Commit to building a healthy body and a healthy church. And one final thing this morning before we turn our attention to what we call communion. Today we're going to do a starting point session after our second service. So about 1145, we're going to have a light lunch and we're going to go through starting point. Now if you've been around the church for a while but you've never actually been through that, we've totally rewritten the whole thing. And I'm so excited to do it today. Uh, I'm stoked. I'm I'm pumped to do that. It's going to be fun. We're going to go about an hour. Uh, there's like three little sections to it. If you've never gone through that, or if you're brand new with us the last you know, quarter or so, you've never gone through that, I encourage you to stick around today or come back at 11.45, have some light lunch with us and go through starting point. It is a great next step.
and we get to talk more about a healthy church and a healthy body. So let's pray. Father, we come before you. We recognize that you're King and Lord and that you've created us in your image with flesh and blood. So Father, help us, each of us to own what that means to be healthy. Lord, to own something healthy and to make, make some changes, maybe one change this year, to be not just healthy physically, but Lord, that that would also play out in our church family. That we would be a healthy church body addressing the big issues of our culture. Father, help us to have that kind of a church and to have that kind of an impact by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.